Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Give that to Jesus. Come on, you can do better. Way back Wednesday. It's the first time I've ever been invited to anything because I was old. I don't know if I'm honored or a little bit mad. I'm not sure, but um, we'll go with honored. Uh, I could stand up here, man, and and cry just like that. I, I, if you don't know me, I can cry probably quicker than, than you can. I can go from zero to just a snot fest in about three seconds. Uh, I get so emotional just um, being back here, and uh, you guys are amazing. I could talk about Pastor Jay and, and his, what I call his indelible print upon my life, and I'm so thankful for that. So many times we find ourselves saying, what would Pastor do, what would Pastor do, what would Pastor do? And, um, and the more I wade into this thing called ministry, the, the wiser I believe that, that he is. Um, you're, you're blessed with Pastor Jay and Sweet Pea. Would you give them a round of applause? It's so good to be here with Jonathan and Alicia. I was going to sing, but I don't want to, like, because he gets his feelings hurt because I sing so good. Uh, I taught him everything that he knows, so it's just, uh, it's a blessing to see you, son. It's a blessing to see you. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you guys are going to have fun tonight, but I want to have fun. This is going to be so much fun. I am, I'm fired up about this. Uh, and just, just real quick, all the staff, I mean, I, I, I can start naming people and go on and on and on, but it's just, it's amazing. So, so let me just jump into this. Give your neighbor a high five and tell them that they look amazing. Yes, well done. And you may be seated. And I'm really thankful for Randy because he wanted me to say that. I'm going to talk to you about slaying giants tonight. Um, Coming back into a setting like this, trying to come up with with something to preach, it was was very difficult. And then I got to this place where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to get all freaked out about it and try to put a bunch of pressure on myself to, to manufacture something or to do something. I'm just going to, because this is way back Wednesday, I'm just going to do my best to preach a simple thought that I think is like the classic message of this church. Because this church is all about raising people up and getting you to realize that you are an overcomer. Is there an amen somewhere in the house to that? And the sooner you realize that you're an overcomer, the sooner you realize that you get to step into your God-given destiny. And so... What we're going to do tonight is, is we're, going to, we're going to talk about the classic story of, of David and Goliath. And, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm real, um, I don't have much self-confidence, so I need you to give me a whole lot of amens. And I need you to give me a whole lot of hallelujahs. And, some, and some, I just need you to help me preach. Because here's the thing, and I'm being honest, I'm going to say, uh, I hope some funny things tonight. But if they're not, laugh anyway. But 
One thing about you saying amen and you clapping and saying that's right. That is never for the gentleman or the lady speaking. What you're doing is you're giving someone next to you the permission to agree with the word of God. So when you say amen, pastor will preach something and you say, amen, that's good preaching. Somebody down the aisle say, you know what, that is good preaching. And then they may let that preaching change their life. And so whenever you say amen and you say hallelujah and you say that's right, you're, you're not doing it to feed our egos or feed us. You're doing it to feed the kingdom of God. Is that okay? Okay. So let me begin with a question. Has anybody in the building ever been in a fight? Raise your hand. Okay, at the end of service, we're going to have an altar call for the rest of you. Bunch of liars up in the house of God tonight. No. I was praying when they were fighting. <laughs> sure. Uh, some fights just ain't nice. And I know that that's not good English, but some fights are, are not, not nice. I remember one night, I mean, one day I, I saw this fight at high school where this was back in the olden days where, where, where kids fought, you know, and they meant it. Uh, this one dude got this other guy in a headlock and, and, and his body was going back this way. His, you know, the, his torso, his feet, everything were back that way. And his head was in the headlock. And this dude, hard, hard, hard floor. This dude just, we called it the DDT back in the wrestling days. And he went down like that. And the first thing that hits the floor is that, is that kid's head. And it was just like that. But ooh, it was like one of those moments where that boy's dead. It was one of those fights where you're like, well, we got to get out of here because whoever, whoever was standing around the circle is going to get subpoenaed and have to testify in court. You know, it was that kind of a fight. It was serious. I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to, uh, you know, hurt people or, or, or whatever, but I've been in what I call one and a half fights. The, the, the first half fight was in Paradise Elementary School, and I'm coming back on the bus, and James Robertson starts stalking smack about my bicycle. Now, as an elementary kid, you can talk about a lot of things. You can talk about my Atari. <laughs> Way back Wednesday. That wasn't even in my notes. That was just for free. So you can talk about my Atari. You can talk about my Nintendo 64. You can talk about, you can almost talk about my mom, but don't talk about my bike. And so on the bus, we're going back and forth. And I said, okay, Bubba, when we get off the bus, we're going to get in your grandma's yard and we're going to go after it. And it's going to be me and you in the Omni. And we're going to go at it. And we got out. And it was kind of like a cartoon. It was just this little, this little puff of smoke. And, man, I just wore him out. Now, you don't really think, yeah. You don't really think I'm going to share a story where I got my hide whipped, do you? Because the victor tells the story. The victor writes history, you know. And so, I, I mean, I wore, I got a, a pine limb and I hit him and it felt so good because it just, it, it broke into a thousand pieces whenever I hit him on the back. And at first I felt all strong, but then I just realized that it was just rotten and it just kind of disintegrated. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, boy, you know, I was all fired up and he didn't talk about my bike anymore. I'll tell you that. And then the real fight was with Shelby Dozot. Shelby Dozot, I fought Shelby Dozot when I was in high school and we fought over Michelle Sasser. <laughs> Michelle Sasser sounds like you, you should fight over somebody named Michelle Sasser. That just kind of, well, we won't get off on that, but <laughs> it was a real fight. We went down to the cul-de-sac and it was just me and him and, and we, just, we just went after it, man. And I'll be honest with you, I did not win that fight, but I didn't lose that fight. We, we, it was a draw. I had a cut over my eye 
he had a cut over his eye. But the, the tragedy of the night, this was back, way back Wednesday, this was back in the day where you had to have the rope chain and the herringbone. Yeah, some of you are like, yes, yes, I remember that. We both broke both of our necklaces. So the tragedy of the night is four necklaces got broke and uh, he got Michelle Sasser. I won't, you know, I better stay on my notes. I started to say something really bad, but I, I won't. And I almost got in one more fight. His name was with Ron Richard. We were at youth camp and we were about to fight and youth camp learning about Jesus. You know? And we were about to fight over Gina Wheatley and, um, and he started rolling up his sleeves and he said, now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you, Russ, I hit hard and I'm pretty fast. We're 11 years old. And I was like. Well, hold on, Bubba. I didn't know you was going to hit me and hit me hard. And it's like, well, you can have her. They exchanged badges and they dated for the rest of the week. That's how we rolled back in the day. Way back Wednesday. The fact is, we've all been in fights. They just vary in type. Some of those fights we chose... Some of those fights you got drug into. Some of those fights were difficult, and some of them were you made it through it okay. And while you may have gotten into a scuffle or two back in the day, most of our fighting have been with the giants that are in our life. Maybe your giant is a mistake from the past that you just can't quite seem to defeat. Maybe your giant is a hard religious environment that you grew up in and they convince you that you'll never be good enough and you'll never measure up and grace maybe works for everybody else but it doesn't really work for you. Maybe your giant is an addiction. Maybe your giant is pornography and no one knows that you're struggling with it the way that you're struggling with it but it's it's a giant in your life and you can't defeat it. Maybe your giant is a lack of self-confidence. Listen, It's a lack of self-confidence that is causing you to lie in front of other people about some stories and things to try to make yourself sound cooler or more acceptable. And and because your self-esteem is kind of struggling, it's become a giant in, in your life. And we could fill in the blanks for the rest of the night here. There's a thousand different giants in our life. But here's the thing. There's giants that are trying to kill you, and if you don't kill them, they will kill you. Is there an amen in the house to that? And as we get traction here, I've got to give you two preliminary takes. Because if you can get these two takes, I think you're going to be able to grab the rest of the message a whole lot better. On the screen, the first one is, you need to take notice of the giant. We'll get into it in a minute, but scripture says that whenever David faced the giant, that giant was about 10 feet tall. 10 feet tall. Ten, I'm like 6'1", so, so that's like four foot on top of me. That's, that's a big giant in your life because that's what giants are. Giants are giant, right? And, and, and they're, they're, they're big and we can't seem to get over them. But what we seem to do is whenever we'll start to see a giant come into our life, what we do is we go like we're four years old or five years old. We've got this couple in our church. They're actually really good friends with Pastor Mitch. And they've got this little girl named Adriana. And when Adriana was three or four years old, she was famous for this right here. I hope you guys can all see my facial expressions. You would walk up to her and you would say, hey, Adriana, how you doing? And she would go. Hey, Adriana, I've got some Skittles. I'm going to tickle you and we're going to go play outside. 
And she would just shut her eyes, right? Because you, you know where I'm going. She thought if I don't see them, then they don't exist. If I can just close my eyes, then they're not really there, right? Okay, we laugh, but we do the same exact thing, spiritually speaking. A giant will come into our life and we'll see this giant starting to have its way with us, starting to mess with us, starting to push us around, and we'll just shut our eyes and maybe it'll go away. But the problem is whenever you start sweeping things under the rug like that, not only do you eventually trip on that, but everybody around you begins to trip on that. When you just need to open your eyes and realize that you need to take notice of the giant. Because denial is deadly. Is there an amen somewhere to that? You'll never experience recovery if you don't admit that you have a problem. You'll never get victory if you don't admit that you are in a fight. The second thing, you need to take authority over the giant. Because you'll never take the victory if you don't first take the authority. I'm convinced far too many Christians go through this life with a defeated mentality because they accept a defeated spirit in their life. I've come to you tonight, though, to tell you to get up and look up and praise up. And don't you give up because greater is he that is in you than he that is inside of this world. Scripture says in 1 Samuel 17, 45, David said to the giant, you come against me with a sword and a spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and I will cut your head off. And I think if I, would have, if I were David, I would have also said, and I'm going to steal your girlfriend. <laughs> come on, somebody. It's time that somebody realized that if you don't kill what's trying to kill you, It's not going to work out well for you. Some of you need to stand up and say, God has some big things in store for me, giant. And it's time you get out of my way. God has a destiny for me and I'm going to walk through it. God has given me a promise and I'm not going to let a giant stop me from getting what God has promised me. Put your hands together and say amen. You just got to say, you just got to get all serious and say, giant, you got to go. You got to get out of my face. So I'm going to count to three and I want you to say, take notice. One, two, three. Keep your eyes open and take notice. I'm going to count to three. I want you to say, take authority. One, two, three. Take Take notice. Take authority. And if you can hold on to those two things, I think you're going to be able to help me preach through the rest of this. Let's pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here's the context. Goliath has the whole, scripture says Goliath has the whole Israelite army dismayed and terrified because that's what giants do. Giants get you thinking all discombobulated. Giants get you thinking all weirded out and this, that, and the other because that's just what giants do. Yet David walks up to the front line of the battle and says to Saul, he says this, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And then the question immediately becomes is, how? How are you a young shepherd boy who isn't even in the army? How are you going to go out and fight a field-tested champion? Even Saul was making open expressions of doubt in verse 33. Saul replied, you, and just hear the sarcasm, you are not going to be able to go out against this Philistine and fight for him. You are just a young man, and he has been a warrior since you've been in diapers. Now, that's the South Louisiana translation, but it's, it's up there. In other words, 
you know, you can't do this, David. You're not capable of doing this, David. Okay, ready? Because that's what haters do. Haters will walk into your world and they'll look at you and say, you're never going to put down the prescriptions because you've been holding them for too long. You're never going to be able to put down this addiction. You're never going to be able to get your family right. You're never going to be able to be a good dad. You're never going to be able to be a good mom. You're never going to be able to hold down a job. You're never, 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 never going to be able to do any of these things because that's what haters do. They try to talk you out of what God is trying to do inside of your life. They look at you and they say, you'll never kill your giant. And then 17 and 34, watch what David says. This is where I love this so much. I may just catch on fire here in a minute. So you guys just roll me around if I do. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and tried to carry off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. Time out. That's a man. If you can kill a bear, you're a man or a woman. I don't want to be sexist. Everybody's included. If you can kill an animal like that, awesome. I can't. But if you pick it up by its hair and then whip it, that's even more impressive to me. I seized it by its hair. I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Amen to the word of God. And so the first secret in killing your giant, if you want to kill your giant on the screen, you need to realize that private victories precede public victories. It's a timeless concept that was verbalized and made famous by Stephen Covey with his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But what's successful in public is first always successful in private. Any pastor that gets up and preaches something where someone's heart is moved to the point to where they give their heart to the Lord, it began in a prayer room somewhere. It began in an office somewhere where someone was calling out to God and saying, God, this is bigger than I am. I need your help so badly. UT started practicing probably about 150, 160 days ago. So whatever success that they're going to have in the fall was birthed in the spring. Not that many people are really fired up about football yet. We'll get there. You're starting to read some scouting reports. You're starting to pick up on some things. What's old Coach Strong got going? You'll you'll read some things from time to time. But while you're on your back porch with a glass of lemonade in the hammock and the cool breeze is blowing, they're in two-a-days and they're sweating and they're pouring their guts out on that field because anything that happens successful on the field first happens in the privacy of their practice. And so it is with you. I recently, let me tell you, let me maybe explain it like this. I recently went to the dentist. And if anybody's in a dentist in here, I, 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 I love you, but I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily hate you. I just hate what you do to my face. That's what I hate that you do. I don't hate you. I just strongly, violently abhor what you do to this. Because it hurts, bro. It just hurts. So stop it. Okay? Just stop it. I think that they giggle at me. The whole laughing gas thing, I think that that's just, that's a fraud. They're just laughing at me. Everybody's laughing because I'm just, I can't handle it. But anyway, I I went to the dentist 
And I had a crown that came off three times. And after the third time, I went back and I said, sis, you got to do something. Miss Melissa, you got to do something about, about this crown. And so they looked at it and they said, yes, it's not seating right. So we're going to have to give you two shots. I started rolling up my sleeves and I said, I hit hard and I'm pretty fast. Because <laughs> I'm about to kill you in your eye. And then that, that death drill comes on. <laughs> I can hear her. She's laughing at me. And I start crying. She puts the pacifier in my mouth. <laughs> in that moment, I thought, where did she learn to do this? Like, is there a school where they send people for dentists to learn how to violate other people? Because if that's a school, whatever the discount is, it ain't enough. If you go to a place where they just practice on killing your face, then I don't want to go there. But the thought hit me, and I'm getting serious here. Her private understanding of dentistry had to come before her public practice of dentistry. She had to learn how to fill cavities privately before she could open up the office publicly. And David's context is not that different. He's about to step onto the battlefield. And what gave him the faith to do so publicly was what he had accomplished privately. Because he understood if you, the, if you win the small battles, you're going to win the war. If you understand that, then you're going to be able to understand. David realized, I can do this. But here's what you have to understand. And I've got to hurry. I've got to skip some stuff to keep you on, on track here. But here's what, you have to, here's what you have to understand. What you need to learn from David is he remembered the right battle. Because what we do... It's whenever the giant comes into our world, we go back to those times that we lost. And we'll go back and we'll say, well, I failed that time, and I failed that time. And we start looking back at all the things that we have done wrong instead of looking at all the good things that God has done right. You need to realize something. God has brought you through some things to set you up for some bigger things, okay? He's wanting to do something miraculous in your world. He's just trying to get you to understand that you got to get rid of some giants in your world that are trying to come against you and stop you from stepping into your destiny. And what David understood this is on the screen is God doesn't waste victories. God never wastes a victory. He's going to bring you through something, and you may think that it's a something small, but every time that you go through a battle, he's building building you up and he's building you up and he's building you up and he's going to allow you to step into some territory that you could have never stepped in by yourself. So you got to realize that there's private victories. They have to come before public victories. Number two, you got to realize that the battle is the Lord's. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. That's what this church has been preaching for 20 plus years. That's what they're going to keep on preaching you got to understand that the battle is the Lord's. David was in a place where the odds seemed to be stacked against him. And my question to you is, have you ever been there? You ever been at that place where you feel like every step forward, you're taking about three steps back. Everything that you're trying to do positive, the enemy is coming against you and he's trying to just hit you in the side of the face. Maybe it's emotionally, maybe it's relationally. Most of the time, though, it's spiritual. That's where David was. And so, again, we learned so much from him. 1747, 
He says it's not by sword or spirit that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord and he will give all of you into our hands. And look at 46. The day that the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head and I'll take your girlfriend. Okay, just remember, just think that it says that. That very, this very day I will give you, let's say, he starts just straight up talking smack at this point, bro. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Okay, watch. Notice David's motives. Notice David's heart. Because he didn't say, hey, we're going to do all of this stuff, and then I'm going to beat up this giant, and then I can see myself on the cover of Boxing Magazine. He didn't say, hey, Jonathan, look, let's go and you video me, Bo. Let's put it on Facebook, and it'll go viral. No, 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 no. It was nothing to do with David. All of this is so that the world would know that there is a God. Come on, somebody. He said this day. Everybody say this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hands and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me whenever you commit to something and then after you get into it, you're like, that was a terrible choice. And I'm not talking about marriage. <laughs> I'm talking, come on, relax. That was funny. Come on, it's funny. Where was I? Oh, you get into something that's over your head. Like whenever we started to do the remodel work at the church that we're in. We were in this building and it had a basketball goal on that side and a basketball goal on this side and they had carpet, but the carpet was like a basketball court. It was the three-point line, all the lines were there and everything, and it had been there for 10 years. Now, let me just help you with the math. If stinky men play basketball for 10 years, 10 stinky years, and they sweat droplets of stench into the carpet, it's not clean. It smells like that Philistine was going to be smelling earlier. It just smelled really, really bad. So we had some people coming up that night. And I was like, you know what? I've got a little bit of time. I'm going to start pulling up some carpet. And so I saw, and I get like 2.4 inches into it. And I'm like, this was a terrible idea. I got... I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, I don't know. And so, that's a Ricky Bobby reference. And so I get the pair of pliers and I start pulling up the carpet with a pair of pliers. Stupid idea, bro. I'm sorry if stupid is a bad word, but terrible idea. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And then I waited until everybody got there and then I went all cool. And I was like, hey, you know what? While you guys are working on that carpet, I'm going to bless you kids. I'm going to go get y'all some Gatorade. And so I went to the store and I got some Gatorade because I knew that I was in something that was over my head. <laughs> Ephesians 6 and 12, you'll see it on the screen. This is you. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. David understood this because the battle is the Lord's. One more quick example right here. Since we're in uh, fight mode, um, Old school, way back Wednesday. Um, you ever gotten into, you probably never did this. You were probably at prayer meeting. It's probably where you're fasting or studying the word or something. But dude A comes up and he's going to fight dude B. Dude A realizes that dude B has some friends. 
So dude A says, I'll be back. And so dude A goes and gets some more of his friends because he realizes that he is in over his head. Okay. So let's go back old school. I wish I had a turnbuckle to jump off of. Because remember back in the wrestling days? Old school wrestling. Not this stuff that they do now. Real wrestling. Hacksaw Jim Dugan. Anybody in the house? Thank you. Way back Wednesday. Okay, so let's say that Hacksaw Jim Dugan has got, uh, can I borrow this? Yes, forgive me if this makes somebody mad. So Hacksaw Jim Dugan has Jimmy Fly Super Snooker, whatever his name is, in the headlock. And he's just working him over, man. And, and, and he's, just stuck. he's just stuck. And so what does he do? If he can just get over to the corner. If I can just get over to the corner. Then what he does is he reaches out and he tags and then suddenly, the junkyard dog goes, oh! oh! I can't believe I'm doing this. Come on. There you go. He knew he was in over his head. Some of you need to do whatever it takes. You may feel like that you were in the headlock. You may feel like that you were down to the last count. You may feel like that it is over and there is just nothing left for you to do. If I can just get you to make it over to the corner and then you just tag the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's going to step into that ring with you because the battle is the Lord's. The battle, you can't fight this fight yourself. If you could have fought it yourself, you would have already fought it yourself and you would have already won the battle. But you can't do it yourself. The battle is the Lord's. Man, the battle is the Lord's. I am skipping so much gold. Bro, you guys are missing out. I just, I'm going to email this to everybody. That way you'll get a blessing. Because they told me if I wasn't done by 845 that they were going to shoot me. So I've got to hurry. In closing. At least that will fool them for a couple of seconds, okay? In closing. Number three. If you want to kill your giant, number three, you need to realize that God doesn't look at people the way people look at people. So you're in this thing, okay? You're in the headlock. Look down that aisle at the people in your aisle. Look down that way. Everybody look down look at the people. Okay, now, everybody look back down this aisle. Look look at those people. (laughs) Ready? You're like, Bubba, I got to depend on them. (laughs) I'm in the fight of my life. I saw a couple of people here tonight. I don't know if they can spell Bible, much less hit a demon in the head with one. Ready? 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 That's what people say about you. People say you'll never do it. You'll never do it. You'll never do it. You'll never do it. You'll ne- I've seen you make too many mistakes. I've seen you drop the ball too many times. But aren't you glad that God doesn't look at people the way people look at people? Aren't you glad? We don't like to admit it, but we constantly judge others by their appearances. Okay, let me just step on your toes just for a second and I'll be done. For instance, let's say that a fellow drives into the parking lot there tonight and he's got an NRA sticker on the back of his pickup. He's got a dog in the back of the truck. Immediately, you place him in that hunting club. Not hunting with a G, it's just hunting club. You're like, I, I bet that bow's from West Texas. I bet that bow, I bet he can fight and stuff, you know. He's, I bet he's cool and whatnot. 
A guy comes in behind him in a Range Rover with an NPR sticker on the Range Rover. He's wearing a full business suit, and he has a briefcase in his back suit. And you put him in that uppity category where he probably thinks that he's too good for everybody, and I'm not even going to talk to him. You judged him just as he drove into the parking lot. We, we're, 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 we're professionals at that. Um, I was at MD Anderson with my brother. Um, his wife was, was, was having a, a surgery, and, and they're put, getting her into the room, and we're standing outside talking to this great, great nurse, and she was just so kind and so sweet. She was probably 60, 65 years old, um, somewhere, from, somewhere from Asia, and so her English was kind of broken, and we're having this great conversation with her, and she's so fun and just full of life. And my brother's standing there, and he says, he's talking to this lady, I forget her name, and he says, do you believe we're brothers? And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I see it. It's the nose. I was like, yeah, okay. And, and my brother said, besides our blood, nothing about us is the same. He said, look at me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Wranglers, and I've got a Wrangler shirt on. I've got on cowboy boots, and down in the parking lot, I've got a dually. And look at him. And she asked the, the nurse, he asked the nurse, do, do you believe, can you believe he's wearing skinny jeans? <laughs> Skinny jeans being defined as anything other than Wrangler. Okay? And she, I promise, she looked at me and she said, I think he's really cute. I I said, yeah, cowboy! Go get you some Wranglers now, boy! Has anybody ever looked at you and sized you up and put you down? Because they didn't think that you had what it took to win the battle. They looked at you and said, nope, you'll never do it. You're not good enough. You've tried too many times. I've seen you fail too many times. Can I convince you to stop listening to those voices? Can I convince you to stop listening to those terrible, terrible voices? And instead, would you realize that God doesn't look at people the way people look at people? One final closing point. You guys can come up here and help me with music. Even worse than other people saying that about you is when you say that about you. Stop. 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 Because whenever the Lord looks at you, you know what he sees? He sees blood. It's covered in all of your mistakes and all of your faults and all of your failures and all of your issues and all of your bumps and all of your bruises and all of, all of those things that used to, used to just enslave you. He doesn't see that. He sees grace that's been applied to you. He sees mercy that's been given to you. He sees an anointing that's been placed upon your life. He sees a destiny that you've been called to fulfill. If I can just, and this is the, I'm closing. This is the classic message of this entire church. Brother Johnson preaches it better than anybody on the planet. If you can just see it right here in your mind, it's going to change absolutely everything. If you can understand that if you've been forgiven, you really are forgiven. If grace has been pushed on your life, grace is really on your life. Stand with me. Receive that. Somebody in the house say, I need that in my world right now. Come on, say, I need that in my world right now.
You need to see yourself as the Lord sees you. There's some giants in your life and you need to kill them because they're trying to kill you. There's some addictions that you're trying to break through and you've just struggled and you've struggled. It's because you're trying on your own power. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. And when you do, everything changes. Everything that you see is through a different lens at that point. Everything that you say is through a different tone, is through a different filter at that point. So there's some things trying to kill you, but I've come to tell you tonight that if you'll realize that you have the authority to take those giants down, you have the, the authority to step into whatever God has called you to accomplish, whatever destiny He's called you to walk through, You have that, what it takes. You have that touch. You have that gift. You have that. Receive it. Receive it. If our prayer partners would come down here really quickly, everybody in the building right now, I want to ask you to close your eyes right where you are. Open up your arms. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I receive this word into my life right now. Come on, in your own way. Don't just listen to me pray. In your own way. Lord, right now, I receive this word into my life. Lord, there's some giants in my world that I've been holding on to that I need to realize that I can get rid of them right now. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.